the frying pan. And into the fire, run. Run! Welcome to episode 8 of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-earth strategy battle game podcast with more gold than one of Alfred's D-Cups. My name's Stuart, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Dan and Sam. How's it going, guys? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, good. Good. You? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Very good. Feels like we've uh, only done this last night. Shh, ruining it. <laughs> oh, dear. Right then, so um, let's sort of tell you what's coming up on this episode, on this episode eight. It seems like we're flying through it at the moment. So, um, double figures. I know, I know, it's crazy. Um, so, Sam, Sam's back with us this time, so we get some get to catch up with Sam a little bit. So the first the first port call, as always, is many meetings, and um, we're just gonna have a little bit of chat up, chat chat up, chat about what we've been doing in the last couple of weeks. Chat up. You missed him that much. No, well, you know. <laughs> We've we've been in contact. Because um, I've got my nice new tan. That's what it is. <laughs> Your nice new uh, drunken um, green tinge to you, probably more than anything else. But you can tell us all about that. Um, and then for the main section, we have a guest on today. Um, we're very very lucky to have uh, Harry Parkhill um, on. Um, Harry's from Entmoot Podcast and Battle Games in Middle Earth YouTube, and he's also the new marketing um, in the new marketing role for the GBHL. So uh, we've got that. Pop- um, interview coming up as well so we'll take a little bit of a break now and we'll come back with many meetings Incom Gaming the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs we stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK market leading gaming mats from gamemats.eu visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk Incom Gaming. Come game, shop drink. And we're back so Let's find out what everyone's been up to in the last couple of weeks. So, Sam, as we haven't spoken to you for... Well, we didn't speak to you last episode. How about you uh, you, you kick us off and tell us what you've been up to, aside from going to... Well, you can tell us about it if you want to. Going on uh, stag do's to Barcelona or wherever it was. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I unfortunately couldn't make it last time because I was on my little brother's stag do. I was the one organising it, uh, trying to keep a level head. Um I believe I did that most of the weekend. Um, bizarrely enough, we spent quite a lot of the weekend actually talking about Lord of the Rings, so I feel it filters quite nicely into it. Um, because one of the initial plans for the stag do was that we were going to... There was ten of us in total, and nine of us were going to dress up in uh, black robes, and we were going to dress my brother up as Gollum. and parade him around the streets of Barcelona but then we decided it probably wasn't A, fair on the people of Barcelona or um, B, fair on him Uh, he he is a fair-skinned young gentleman is my brother so he he wouldn't have dealt well with that beautiful Barcelona son nor would you in a black robe (laughs) (laughs) this is true, I I have a very low threshold for heat I'm usually sitting with aircon on in the middle of January um, so yeah, so that that's taken up a lot of my time planning, and uh, I, th- I think from the 
parts of it that I've spoken to you guys about, it it uh, was a giant relief off my shoulders when I finally came home. I uh, I got to have a very big uh, and relax. And uh, since then, um, I've I've mainly been working on my display board for Flotsman Jetsam. Uh, making sure all of the waterworks are working, making sure all of the uh, uh, oh god, what's it called? The sorry, Stu, you're gonna either have to edit this out or I'm <laughs> gonna have to work out what I'm trying to say. The <laughs> what's the bloody stuff that I every time I talk to people about basing, I say I use it's the white stuff that you polyfiller. There we go. Um, I've basically uh, <laughs> been covered in polyfiller. Um, for quite some time whilst building all the rocks because unlike a sophisticated person who uses uh, knives and sculpting tools I literally dip my hand in the polyfiller and just basically slap it on where I feel like it needs a little bit of texture amongst the rocks and the polystyrene and stuff like that so yeah I've been working on that and uh, uh, just this afternoon managed to spray it and uh, get the first couple of coats of uh, greys and blacks over it so I can start airbrushing on top of it cool it's looking really good it's looking really really good I was uh, sorry. Come on, I was talking. I was just going to say it, it has definitely been a labour of love. Well, you can see that. I mean, we were uh, we were talking about it just before we started recording, and uh, I was talking about the when you put the boat. There's two pictures, and one of them when you put the boats on, and I realised that you, the scale of it because I thought it looked a little bit bigger, even though I knew how big it was. We talked about it before. I think it was just tricked the eye, and I thought it was a bigger board. And then you put the boats on, and it really sort of showed the scale. And I really like that kind of sort of um, smaller focused sort of scale um, board. I think it's going to be really cool. And I can't wait till you've um, started getting colour down on it, and definitely can't wait till you've got the water running through it. I want to see what happens there and hope that no one dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to be uh, the reason that you're. Uh, future events don't go ahead uh, all because of me and my waterworks um, so yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes but um, yeah I'm I'm excited to it was sort of like I know that the waterworks now work so I can start painting it and then all I have to do at the last minute is just hook everything up uh, and put it into its final position so for me I've got well we're just over two weeks away now so in true game of fashion i won't do anything this week or next week and then uh i think on the thursday i'll probably panic and realize i need to add some color to it and then uh, get it ready for the event <laughs> so have you broken the, what you need what you've got left to do down into sort of stages now so you like you want to achieve the ceiling this bit by this stage and then this color down or have you kind of have you thought of it in that sense or if you're just kind of going at it when you can that that would be a really good way of doing it, but unfortunately, no, I have definitely not done that. Um, I, I I have rough ideas of what I need to do, and it's sort of one of those things where every time I do something on it, I kind of have to retest, make sure the water works and everything still goes okay with it. Uh-huh. Uh, I have to test, because uh, it's basically do a stage, varnish, do a stage, varnish, do a stage, varnish, just so you can make sure that everything stays there that's meant to when the water starts running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you could have the water running for five minutes, or you could have it running for a couple of hours, depending on how the lunchtime spectacular goes ahead. <laughs> it shouldn't be two hours, hopefully. I think there's about an hour and a half for lunch, though, so it's food and and judging. So um should give everyone time to wander around and, and mark. I know what it's like at lunchtime when you try and get people to do judging. They, everyone disappears off thinking of the stomachs first, which is fair enough. Um, but trying to make sure everyone goes around and, and, and judges, especially when painting is not maybe their 
the, their most you know the most important thing in, their, in terms of their hobby and you do see i think you seem to see it in in groups of thirds you see the people that are really up for their painting and almost look before they go and eat and then you get people that kind of um go and eat but then come around and, and religiously go around and mark everything and then you get the other third of people that you have to kind of remind and cajole into please can you go and look at everyone's stuff and vote please um, and that's not knocking any of those groups it just shows where your different focuses are sort of thing so but yeah, it should be plenty of time for that. And yeah, I imagine you want it to be secure enough that it can run for a few hours without it wearing away the lacquer and start seeping through into the uh, into the plaster and causing a big muddy mess. Yeah, uh, the uh, the one I did a few years ago for uh, armies on parade uh, managed to go the whole day, and I wasn't and I I left it the whole day to just run and run and run. So um, the big difference there is that it was a lot of flat surfaces and I didn't really have to worry too much about all the different textures on there. It was a case of put the layers down, put the varnish down and then it was all okay. Whereas this one isn't in a straight line. It's, it's got a lot of different parts to it that the previous one didn't have. Yeah. And it's confined into a much smaller space, which is actually, I think I said last time, it's a lot harder to work with. So hopefully I'll do it justice and hopefully um, we don't burn down uh, income gaming, <laughs> or flood it, or uh, either or. I think it's going to. Oh, the, I think the it flooding's will... fine. <laughs> I'm from Portsmouth. We 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 have plenty of. We we are prepared for water. You don't get much further from the from the sea, and I don't think in sort uh, of Gloucester, Cheltenham area. I think it's the closest place to get to 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 go to the sea was probably somewhere like Western Supermare, which is fantastic um it takes quite a while um i, I was going to ask you um, can you change the flow of the, the speed of the flow of the water or not yes you can so there's like a little switch that you can adjust how much the pump takes in yeah so it's it, all it is is basically it's like a little door that goes in front of it and it either allows a little bit of water in or next to nothing in so it's almost like a trickle that's good because like you said it's a smallish board if it's quite fast um and it's going to be returning quite quickly you don't want it to kind of froth up you know what <laughs> now if someone was to uh, to take the, the, the mick a little bit they could put a couple of little drops of fairy liquid in and then it'll all go wrong <laughs> for the, for cheers the for giving all of the nerds att- attending your event that idea Stu thank you very much <laughs> Couple of, a ting. Couple, of, <laughs> couple of drops of red red food dye or something like that and uh, no i, I yes. can't wait to see it. i'm looking forward to um yeah you because you I, well, like you said that the time's time's getting close now so a couple of weeks to go just over a couple of weeks i imagine that we will see quite a lot of uh working progress or are you going to keep it all secret till a bit an unveiling at the at the event i think i was i was going to keep it secret but i realized that actually i i have nothing to show leading up to the event and i I don't know about you but when i'm going to an event i like to see lots of work in progress from everybody and seeing as there's not really been much shared i kind of feel that it 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 then becomes up to the people who are doing stuff to sort of try and encourage it more so i'm now going to be sharing that rather than models because i'm all done with my models so yeah i'm going to try and put a lot of work in progress as uh, up on the uh, our page and on the event page as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, we haven't really. I don't know if we've how much I talked about what the what the awards and stuff are for, and I think we probably have already. But um, 
there's a couple of painting awards including a sort of a, a theme award for the doubles as well which can be sort of hobby based and also the theme of the lists and how they work together so whether it's kind of historic accurate that's something else there's two there's two things that people will be voting on um so i'm hopeful that some of the people will have actually read that part of the pack and we'll be working together to try and maybe try and win that um, mm-hmm. uh, but i don't know um it's really difficult to know because i know what people are like with with reading packs and judging by the amount of questions i had about getting people to sign up for tawny um says that suggests to me that people haven't read the pack um <laughs> which I'm, I'm not i can't say i'm annoyed about at all really because it's pretty common but um I, I wonder how many people will miss that uh, that kind of notice on that award i think people might just think there's one best painted it'll be quite interesting on the day when people realize that there's kind of three hobby-ish related awards so two different best painters and one and one for the this sort or of doubles thing um so but I'm, I'm hoping there's some some hobby going on behind the scenes but like you said not, not many people have been posting up their stuff for their army so maybe if they're listening to this and you've done it yeah we pop it up in the group and stuff let's see what see what people are doing it's all secrets keep it secret it might be safe. it might well be people just um finishing it's, off their bits it might be people working with existing armies and collections that have already painted and they're just sort of taking them as well so yeah. doubles is weird like that isn't it it often brings people together to because the experience for them is just to play with someone else and have a laugh at the event rather than it all be themey and things we will take different things from events mm-hmm. i think they might be surprised some kind of baradur skunk works going on <laughs> i'm i'm looking forward to seeing lots of different lists uh creep up i'm, I'm... I'm really looking forward to the fact that it's one of the few. It'll be the first time that all three of us are together. Um, so, since, well, mm, since we've been doing the podcast, since, but since, yeah, since last July, last, yeah, last summer, yeah, definitely since last July at one of the Gino, the Geno events. So, yeah, yeah, that will be good. We'll, we'll have to get a group photo just just to sort of commemorate the event. Oh, there'll be lo- there'll be lots of pictures. We'll get lots of pictures. And promises, we'll, promises. We'll, <laughs> we'll be sharing those pictures. Um, <laughs> Just taking a dark, dark turn, listeners. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, so, yeah, have you? Um, so, is, was, have you got anything else you'd like to add, Sam? Before I um, barrage down with questions and things about what he's been up to. Uh, no, uh, that, that's that's been the majority of my hobby, and will probably be probably be the uh, continued version of my hobby for the next uh, episode as well. Cool. So, yeah, thank you. Right then. So, so Dan, what have you been up to? Well, I'm trying to keep quiet, to be honest, to hide my shame. Um, <laughs> well, uh, first thing is I've worked out I've actually been playing 40 points under in my uh, <laughs> Flotsman Jetsam 500-point uh, Florian list. Um, now, there was a word that I used when I found that out, and it can't be repeated on this because we are trying to keep it at least some semblance of PG-13. But that's meant I've had to buy more elves and started to paint more elves. So uh, a couple of weeks before the event, that is not the best thing to happen in the entire world. But um, there started. I've got the the reds down. I did that um, last night. Uh, So I'm going to try and get those largely hammered out over the weekend and into next week. Um, So it'll be done in plenty of time. Uh, aside from that, it's um, well, it's not been that long since we recorded the last one, if I'm honest with you. Mostly it's been cool things I've seen, um, which, as lame as that sounds, there's a couple of bits and pieces I've seen that were really, really cool. Um, 
it does appear the guys in Canada have really got on board with this uh, Helm's Deep stuff. So uh, I don't know if they listen. They may, they may not. But um, it appears there was two different Helm's Deeps made, uh, one in Montreal and one in Vancouver. Um, the one in Vancouver put up onto the uh, GBHL by possibly the coolest named person for Lord of the Rings. His name's Christopher Lee. <laughs> don't, that, I don't know if that's just someone who works in the armed forces or teaching who uses a, a pseudonym or if that's his actual name, that's amazing. Um, so that was really cool seeing what they were up to. People have really been getting on board with the... Um, all the recent Rohan book and, and really getting on board with what is obviously a quite an iconic uh, part of the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy as a, as a battle. I, I love that. I love seeing what people do. Um, obviously, we spoke previously about the guy who's using um, the PS2 game to walk around Helm's Deep to rebuild it accurately. Yes, I think yeah. that's really cool. So, yeah, that's been really cool just seeing that. I thought that was worthy of a shout out, to be honest. It was notable. Uh, I have played uh, a doubles game. Uh, sort of, in Sam's absence, um, Will and uh, Ben Taylor from my local group are both coming to Flotsam and Jetsam and they've got their twin elephant list that they're bringing with them and uh, we, I was able to obtain some fellowship models to sort of play both sides of Sam and I's uh, partnership against them, obviously 40 points down because I didn't realise, um, <laughs> and that was a really fun game, they did beat me um, 6-3 um elephants are scary but it was a, a lot of fun really really good fun um we got to play one of we played with the new doubles missions the uh take and hold mission uh-huh nice doubles mission three um really enjoyed it they did play well um so i'm looking forward to obviously playing more at the event and i, I you know as a, a, a proper run out of something from the new uh match play you know two thumbs up good job so yeah, that's all there's really to talk about. Really, it's just my shame um, having to pick more elves and uh, generally enjoying what's been in the community. So you told me, I think you said at the time it was quite a close game at the end, and it came down to yeah. being. So that extra forty points, <laughs> if you'd had what you what you've spent that extra forty points on on the table, would they have been able to um, contest or get that objective? <laughs> Potentially, uh, given what I've actually chosen to add. If I'd have taken that, possibly not. Okay. But if I'd have had forty points kicking about, that's, you know, four more elves, maybe, or it might have just been a. a I probably still would have lost, but it would have been much closer. Maybe uh-huh. a point in it. I don't. I don't know. Um, as, as Ben quite rightly put out, he'd have just trampled them all anyway. Um, <laughs> because if they're normal blokes, you can't roadblock them with a, a character. Because I found that's the best way of stopping the elephants doing it. If they can't physically kill off a character in one hit it roadblocks them stops them tramping through your army and then you can jump on them and stab them to death with two-handed swords so you know it, that's 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 the way i've learned to deal with those um so who knows what have happened by the way it was a really good fun game it was um it was friday night I actually hosted which doesn't happen very often which i really enjoyed um libations were had um yeah just a great night it's the, the thing that i really love about this hobby sort of you know beer and pretzels gaming garage gaming as some people might call it just having a laugh with your mates and enjoying something you you all have a shared interest in so yeah really enjoyed that nice and so, so um i'm sure the most um the the the, the most valuable players on your side were um, mary and pippin um they got shot to pieces um very quickly they were the first models to die just because they know how valuable they are <laughs> it's true it's true they are terrible <laughs> i don't other than for character and for a theme nah. 
uh, MVP in the game, to be honest, was Gimli. He did some work. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Gim- Gimli did some real work, which was quite cool. And, and Legolas, here and there, you know, shooting um, really isn't the be all and end all. And I think they must have struggled really, you know, a lot when it came to um, Legolas, because obviously he is. You know, he's the thing, he's finger of God, isn't he? Uh, in in the in the books and in in the films, you know, he just kills everything he looks at, just shoots it dead. But shooting doesn't seem to work that way in the game. No, I mean, admittedly, you can hit on a two plus with no modifiers and stuff, but it's still only a strength three bow. That's the problem, isn't it? It's the strength. Mm. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, he's he's a he's a he's an interesting one. I actually found that, you know, when I've played with him in the past, he's probably better in combat stabbing stuff. Uh-huh. Which is, you know, he's still an elf prince and all that kind of thing. But uh, he's a difficult one to use. I found him very difficult to use, effectively. I mean, Aragorn's just fine. You just point and click and it kills everything he lays his hands on. But Yeah, it's yeah, the context uh, in which he's used. And rather, I think, rather than leading leading troops in a in like a Frendel's Hall's army or something like that. So I think, I think that that might be where he's useful there you don't realise he's on his own trying to do all the work himself sort of thing but. oh kicking around with Orcrest from a Hobbit themed you know Hobbit era that's that's a bit different entirely isn't it he's, yeah. he's much more of an interesting proposition then but I think if you use him as part of the fellowship he's, he's a, I found him quite hard to use effectively uh-huh. so uh-huh. maybe that's just a, a practice thing um, I will at some point get the fellowship and paint them up so I'll get some more use out of them eventually yeah. But no, Gimli was Gimli was the, the daddy in that one, and uh, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to uh, seeing how our partnership works for the event. Yeah, I, me, me too. To be honest with you, also we've I've been collecting lists now. I think I've just how many left to go? I think there's probably about 14 in now. I was recording this on the Thursday the fifth, and the deadline's tomorrow for the list. So I've seen seen most of the lists, um, and um, yeah, I'm interested to see how you go. A couple of them will be very challenging for you um well there's no shame in losing we're there to have exactly exactly. i fully fully you know even if uh has been pointed out by other luminaries in the uh community they they, they're very fair to middling in the the player rankings and uh yeah you know i don't mind i've only been playing for six months if i lose every game i can take that as long as i have fun Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the theme. The list I've seen the theme is pretty good on, on on most of them. I think there's only one stood out with that, with a little bit less theme, shall we say? But again, it's um, doubles. It's, it's different things to different people, isn't it? There, there is a, there's awards there for doing thing, but doubles is also a way of hanging out with one of your best mates, playing a game with them in a partnership. And sometimes you've you don't collect armies that work together in, in, a, in a theme, and you're not going to go out and collect a new army just for an event. So everyone has their own motivations for going to events and things. So it'll still be a laid back thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. again, I, I I banned red alliances, but that's all I did. I didn't make it only green or or like that. So um, so I think um, I think there will be a healthy mix across the, the across the power levels, so to speak. But mostly, what I've seen so far, even the stuff that's could be fairly tasty has generally got some theme to it as well which is nice to see um yeah 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 well you'll 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 see all the lists uh on, the, on that weekend and i think we'll probably do a show in the future maybe going over them i'm gonna get talking about getting uh ben stanley on and we're just gonna go through all the because he's been checking this for me and he's been sort of we've been messaging each other going oh what do you think of this and it's been quite good it's been quite twice. <laughs> i don't know well i've been checking them and he's been checking them so by proxy we have been checking them twice. um and uh we we will maybe when we do a rundown we'll do the list of who's naughty and nice um <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm interrupting you a bit there, Dan. Have you got um, anything more you'd like to add to your um, your, uh, your your bits and bobs for the last couple? My of weeks? ramble. <laughs> no, I, th- I think everyone's sick to death already. Um, no, um, it's I don't. I can't keep track of when we last recorded which bit and, and what <laughs> I've done since then. Uh, I think um, you know, cool things were seen. Good game was played. More elves to paint. Mm-hmm. Job done. I think um, you, thinking about you just talking about the Helms Deep games. There seems like I think there were a couple in the UK as well. There was one at um, wasn't there an event at something? What is called? It might have been at Bad Moon Cafe in London. I'm pretty sure that there was an event there and they had a Helms Deep game on as well. Pretty sure that was being shared in the last couple of weeks as well. So it just seemed to be. Must have missed that. That's cool though. Seemed um, there seems thing. like a really nice venue. Some of my lot went down there to sort of play some games together and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks good. I, I can't, don't know when I'd get down there, to be honest with you. But um, I think there's um, definitely wish it was uh, the thought of just going into centre of London to, to go there makes me think, oh, uh, it's a pain. But um, yeah, it does look a really nice event. If, if there's something, a nice event, a nice venue, if there's, if there's a reason to get down there for an event or something. Um, uh, so what have I been up to? Um, a, lot, a lot more uh, event planning, as already kind of alluded to, so I won't go over the list checking bit again, but um, they're nearly all done. Uh, it's been fairly easy to do. It's been a lot nicer than, than sort of checking some lists for other events. The, the lists are a little more streamlined and a little easier to, to sort of check people's points and add up and things. Um, I've been. How are you finding Tawny for that? Um, good, good. So Andrew and I have been chatting a lot throughout the process and he's been adding function um since we since we recorded with him so um when you originally i asked teams to give me a nickname for their or a team name for their um, partnership um i was chatting to him about it just sort of said that it'd be nice if there was a way to display that team name um so we added that so now when you when you create your partnership um as, as part of a doubles um, event on tawny you can give yourself a team name and i can add it in as well so i went through and added the team names for the people that have given me them um and then there was a bit so i was checking checking lists at the beginning and i and i used the uh, notes on my ipad and screenshotted it of the ones that are with nice ticks next to the people that have that handed their lists in and shared it in, in our little in our little event group and, and page and andrew saw that and said you need a report don't you and I was like, yep so he went and added that as well so that when i go into the the list checking part on tawny now from the the to's point of the to sort of area um it shows me how many are pending to check how many uh, have been approved and how many you've rejected for whatever reason and then it's got this nice list of all the names and all the players and it's kind of like a it's a, it's a traffic light system so red amber green uh, so red means that no one's they have no no lists have been submitted amber means that one of the two in the team have been submitted and, and green means it's both done and it's been approved so it's really really kind of good and it makes it really easy for me to then screenshot that again and, and just sort of share it in the group and say this is where we're going guys this is where we're at and which no doubt i'll be doing tomorrow morning to chase up the final few people um um so yeah he's been sort of adding bits uh, as we go and i know he's got a few more things planned so he's he's been learning a lot from the process as well and improving it for sort of future events which is really good i also um i don't know if you'll get this done in time so i'm putting him on the spot a little bit but i mentioned that i'd want to use tawny again for my event in in october and I'm, I really want to do a, a Throne of Skull style scoring, um, which obviously Tawny at the moment is based, just based on standard Swiss that um, I don't think it can record all of the different points. I know Swiss will work for the kind of round pairings, but in terms of overall winner, um, getting points and getting kind of rankings from each individual opponent and stuff for your painting and for your best sports and stuff. So 
Um, so I'll probably be working with him on that, whether that will be done in time. But it'll be really nice to be able to sort of support that kind of format as well. So it's good. It's good working with him. And he seems to be enjoying it as well because he's getting sort of real-time feedback from someone using the system. Um, what else have I been doing? So I haven't done any more. After painting a whole army last time, I've, funnily enough, not been painting any of my own stuff, apart from getting tables ready for um, for the event. So I finished a table today. I've just posted up stuff tonight as we're talking. So finished all the Goblin Town scenery. Did that quite quickly. Um, and I've got two tables left to paint. Um, that'll be ten, ten fully done and undusted then. Um, so getting that collection up. I've got about four more plans now. If I can get all those done between this event and the next one in October, then I'll have about 14 personal tables, which is enough for, well, enough for a 28-player singles event. Um, so it can't be bad. I think I'll need to stop at some point after that, otherwise I will need to rent my own lock-up just to store it all in there. Um, that's pretty much it. Oh, I've doing, <laughs> I'm doing some work. I'm actually working on um, SPG stuff for work at the moment as well. I'm working on Mordor and Dunland commissions at the moment, which is really nice as well. Work's always a little bit nicer when it's something you're really into at the time. So I like painting most things in general, to be honest with you. It's uh, a little bit nicer. Um, but um, that's that's it, really. Since we've last last spoke, it's, um, it's all been tournament prep, tournament prep, tournament prep, um, which is it's been enjoyable i have enjoyed checking the lists and sort of being in touch with the group and things but um but that's a bit oh it's well booked today today as we've uh, as we're recording this and i um managed to uh blag jacob into um he likes he likes the hobbit and he, i've read some of it to him and he likes likes the film so managed to dress him up as bilbo and he and we um you have to take in a what the school his local school called a shoebox diorama so as you imagine when that ping through on uh, the school email uh, and the wife says look look at this it's just like it's just made for me to do with him so i got the old xpx foam out and the hot wire cutter and uh made him a, a little hobbit hole not quite as as, as good as i do for like table so i need to make it look like he's done some of it um <laughs> so I, uh, he has done some of it but i wouldn't let him do all of it it's like no, paint that, that bit there cool, paint like. this bit here paint that bit there um so we, well, then there's loads of flock on it and tufts and stuff like that and then i um i took a picture of him dressed up and printed it out and made it small enough and then stuck it on some card and, and stood him in front of it as well so that was my favorite part that was so <laughs> so cute <laughs> so i might so share them I, in the I group actually i haven't i haven't i've only put it on my personal facebook but i might actually share it put them in our um the podcast group um because it's it's related enough but um we had loads of fun doing it with him he had loads of fun doing it he loves dressing up and stuff um i, I love world book day because all of my uh like friends on facebook who are parents and <laughs> you just see so many of them the night before like just expletives all over the place because their children have forgotten to remind them and they've got to sort out <laughs> a costume for the next day and i can't be the only one mum it's hilarious just watching them pulling their hair out trying to make cat in the hat or whatever <laughs> out of bin liners it's brilliant <laughs> i was i was probably wouldn't have been quite so enthusiastic if it wasn't something so close to my heart but um he didn't even have to he was there wasn't even um fancy dress at his school they didn't do it so it, theirs is all about this shoebox diorama thing which happens tomorrow but he likes dressing up anyway so we we um <laughs> we dressed him up as a hobbit just for fun of it um and, and i guess like like i said i used the picture to um to make him the hobbit in front of his own his own hobbit hole um and he's been walking around the kitchen this evening sort of saying one ring to rule them all it's quite funny 
I was going to try and teach him it in um, in black speech, but um, <laughs> it might be a bit tricky. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's really good. I'll post some. I'll post some pictures up um, um, tomorrow morning or something. That it's sort of do what I do because I think people in the group might be might be interested in seeing a picture of my five year old dressed as Bilbo. Um, but yeah, it's good fun. All He's the right fun. size. He is about the right. He's about three foot eight, three foot nine. So he's on the shorter side, but he's definitely within the uh, Hobbit Hobbit so scaling. That's quite, that's quite, quite right. tall for a Hobbit, isn't it? Uh, I, he might be actually. He's not only like three. Yeah, they're probably three six to sort of really tall, about four foot. So yeah, he's probably about the right height. Need cement draft. That's what he needs. <laughs> oh dear me! But um, yeah, it's good. Lots of nice to do some extra scenery building, even if it was just just in a shoebox for for him. I'm just going to look. I'm dreading tomorrow morning walking to school with him. Because it's probably it probably looks the level of maybe what a twelve year old one might make. <laughs> um, so well, there's lots of other five year olds that have kind of done their own colour, done their own picture, and done it on their own. It's, I'm just going to look like a tryhard parent, and it's going to look really it's going to be quite embarrassing. Um, but <laughs> no, it's not. don't let it be embarrassing. <laughs> I even a medal or I a even took lots of pictures of him helping. So of Please the different stages of building it, <laughs> he's not dressing up, and I'm not dressing up. It's not. It's not, it's not happening. Oh, um, that would be so cool if he went to school dressed up, and then <laughs> <laughs> you're literally running to school with him in tow. Like, come on, Bilbo! <laughs> Looking for his oh, handkerchief. Um, but um, yeah, that that that's that that's me. And again, we say we haven't done a lot, but between us all, we've 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 done quite a bit, really. We two of us have worked on lots of terrainy sort of scenery type of stuff, and you're painting models down, and you've played a game, and you know, considering we're recording this every fortnight. Um, a couple of other things, I suppose, we ought to talk about before we head out to a break and come back with the main point of the show. Um, so after doing our our show, when we briefly mentioned the FAQ. Um, and then the very next morning, our our fifteen twenty minutes of chat on the FAQ was invalidated because they uh, released an update to the FAQ that's kind of fixed some of the problems we we're, we're, we were talking about, um, or the community was talking about. Um, I don't know if you kept abreast of all of this while you were away, Sam, or, or not. But um, I, I listened to the episode when it dropped, and sort of, I, I'm going to be really honest from a selfish point of view. There wasn't really much that affected my armies with yeah. the FAQ so I sort of te- I didn't get as involved but I I was well aware of the the, the big issues that you discussed on the last episode oh. yeah I think it was a fairly uh, I think it was a pretty positive response from people still oh yeah I think people are generally happy with the, with the with the fix it's obviously a lot simpler and less convoluted than the one thing we came up with Dan but um, what do you think Dan you're generally happy with the and the response oh I, I love it it shows they're listening um you know, I I didn't particularly have a problem with it in the first place. Um, but many other people did, um, like Sam, who didn't, you know, even not in my backyard almost. Uh, but uh, no, I think they they made a very good um, sort of fix of it. Whether you need to say it needed fixing, I don't know. But they, they've um, they've reached a much better compromise with the community at large and achieved what I think they were looking to achieve, while including as many people as possible. And anything that's more inclusive is is good. So you know, fair play, and the the turnaround they did it in, and the fact that what they proposed in the turnaround and what they put forward works so well speaks to their credit as rules writers. So you know, fair play. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're going to hit the nail on the head there. But it, was, it was really good to see that they weren't sort of there wasn't that kind of oh we've done it now we're going to stick with it and um, like they, they, they listened and there was clearly enough of a reaction. They thought no, no, we're going to, we're going to go and change this and yeah, really good, really good to see. Um, not something I've ever seen before from any of the other game systems I've played where there's been a, re- a, a reaction that quickly to something. Um, which is good. I know some a few people in the community have suggested that that sets a bad precedent, that um, that people moan and then it gets changed. I completely disagree. I think if something is, is seen to be that much of an issue um, for whatever reason, they, they react on it. It doesn't mean because people have moaned that it gets changed. It means because people have come back and said, you know, well, actually, did you realise? Let's look at the knock-on effect of this. And they've reacted in a positive way. Um, you can't have it both ways, I suppose. So I, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, other than that... Um, one more thing I'd like to mention so right back in I think it was early days I think episode 3 I think when we did my talk about the Throne of Skulls and I mentioned that um, I met a guy called Daniel James and his son Elliot um, and then found out afterwards that that Daniel was quite poorly had a um, had a a brain tumour and was very poorly and was going to have an operation and he posted in the GBHL and not sort of heard anything from no one had heard anything from him for a couple of months and he, he only just posted up I think about a week ago or so in, in GBHL to say that the operation I think was a success um, he's lost some lost some sight and he's not been able to paint and stuff for a while but the other day he painted his first model again for a while and um, he's getting back into it and, and really hopes to get to Throne of Skulls next time round so I just wanted to mention because we mentioned him before on the, on the podcast and saying that he was poorly um, it's really nice to hear that he's come out the other side of that especially as a as a as a as a father and and i don't know i think the um meeting his son and seeing that dynamic definitely brought it home to me a little bit more makes us realize that we're not uh, indestructible so to speak um so but it's really really nice to um hear that he's coming out the other side of it and and, and, and improving and it was a success so i'm not going to go on and on about it but yeah get well soon and uh, hopefully we do see you uh, at throwing skulls good news yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right then. So, um, let's go for a break. And when we come back, um, we have the very, very upbeat and chatty Harry. Because I think we're all kind of we're quite relaxed tonight. So it's quite a chilled kind of uh, evening chatter going on. So uh, we'll come back and we'll have a, a really good interview with, with Harry. We talked about lots of different stuff. Talked about his gaming. Talked about his podcast, Emmoot. We talk about um, his YouTube channel, Battle Games Middle Earth. And his new role as sort of marketing officer for the Great British Hobbit League itself. Um, I think for you few months ago i mentioned about maybe getting someone on the show to talk about um the gbhl so those players that are new don't know what it is they um get a little bit of an insight so we talk about all those kind of things so catch you after the break the hour grows late and bland of grey plastic comes seeking my counsel you are sure of this bland elf yes the event is fully painted it was in the event pack under my nose the whole time Yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, Blandalf. The commission painter. We must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours. Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint. 
And welcome back after that break. Um, and as mentioned earlier, we've got a special guest on the show today. So today we can uh, welcome Harry Parkhill, um, known from um, his wonderful podcast Entmoot, his YouTube channel uh, Battle Games of Middle Earth, and now from his new GBHL role. How are you uh, doing, Harry? How's things? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for that introduction. It feels like I'm, I'm growing in stature and title uh, every second or every while. I, I haven't even been in the hobby that long, um, Lord of the Rings, anyway. So, so it's quite nice to to have such a an illustrious introduction there. <laughs> <laughs> illustrious. Well, listing your uh, listing the things that people might well know you for definitely. Um, so we talked about how long you've been in the hobby there. So why don't we start off by sort of giving us a bit of an introduction to you more personally? So how long have you been in the hobby? What kind of thing got you in, etc. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I honestly can't remember exactly when um, I started playing Toy Soldiers, but it, it was when I was around eight, nine, something like that. And I went to a car boot sale um, in my local village, and some guy had some old Chaos um, Knights, like a, a, from the old Warhammer Fantasy range, for sale. And I think he gave me them for like a pound, and I bought those um, for a pound because they look cool. I, I used to play or oh, my brother had airfix and i used to kind of play with army soldiers and stuff so so i thought oh these look like a cool fantasy version and then from then um i, I there was a little booklet you used to have always have a little booklet inside every single um uh, old warhammer fantasy and uh, game work games workshop product thing and it, it just like this thing folded out and it seemed to keep folding forever and had all these different things you know the fantasy on one side and the uh, 40k on the other and then there was lord of the rings i remember necromunda as well and all these different things and i remember thinking wow i had no idea this existed and this seemed right up my alley and from then i kind of got swept away with painting and building and playing well i never really played games to be honest until i was much older but and um, just building the toys and, and having fun with them um, and I think Lord of the Rings came into that fairly early on, but it wasn't straight away because I don't know when that would have been. That would have been around 2000 or something like that, maybe 2001. Um, so the films might, I think, I think The Fellowship of the Ring had probably come out by then. So it might have been a bit, a bit later than that. But, um, and then I remember seeing the, the Battle Games in Middle Earth magazine, which I named the YouTube channel after, or stole, depending on how you look <laughs> at it. And um, then, then uh, I got some magazines and, and, slowly built up a collection and then as you do when you get as a teenage through your teenage years you sort of uh, it changes and I, I ended up playing more games and painting and that meant that I was playing 40k because basically no one uh, played Lord of the Rings and then it sort of dipped off and all faded away and uh, but I was always passionate about painting and building armies and then just never ever seemed to get a chance to play any of the games really 40k probably a bit more than others and then Sigmar when it came out I played a bit of that but um I think was it two and a half three years ago now that um maybe yeah two years ago two and a half years ago um I found out about the Great British Hobbit League podcast on YouTube and saw some videos of people playing the game and I thought oh this is awesome and you know at this point I had a car so I was thinking I could go along to these tournaments and, and it suddenly opened up this world of possibility of actually be, being able to play this game that I'd kind of wanted to play properly for 15 years but never really got a chance to do. So I did, went into a first tournament in certainly in Ashfield um, with a, a run by a guy called Dan Entwistle who basically started the Great British Hobbit League Facebook page and from there 
was completely hooked, completely hooked on tournaments, on playing the game, painting, and um, sort of delved straight deep into the hobby and listening to all the uh, Green Dragon podcast stuff, the Great British Hobbit League podcast, GBHL YouTube channel with Damien and Tom on the Palantir and James and his Get Buff Brat Reps and all these sort of things. And then suddenly I was, I was kind of, I was in, and and now I'm. I'm so deep into it there's no real there's kind of it feels like there's no escape I'm, I'm definitely hooked I'm more hooked than I ever thought I could be uh, a few years ago because it's you know almost all consuming at times but I love it I, I, I just can't get enough of it <laughs> that's good to hear it's amazing how the GBHL is uh, the podcast channel has dragged so many people in so you know I, I won't go on about it here and I've already talked about it on the podcast but it was that's what I used to keep in touch with the game even though I wasn't playing it I was always interested in the background and I would sort of keep up and watch that on, on YouTube while I was doing playing other games so it was amazing how that was the thing I thought well, I'm going to keep watching this going to keep abreast of it because I'm going to play this game one day it's, it's amazing like, that's the thing that actually kind of made you go out and play games having collected a few different types of miniatures and things so um, yeah yeah I mean uh, the um, I'm trying to think it, whether there was a specific moment that that I can't quite remember. I did actually a while back. I looked through the videos I've watched on um, on YouTube because for a long time I never watched anything on YouTube. So it wasn't. It didn't actually take long to uh, go back. But now you'd, you'd find only Warhammer pretty much. Um, but I, I found that the, basically the first battle report I'd watched on YouTube um, was some sort of uh, uh, I think it was a Pelennor Fields type thing. And and I just thought I just loved the fact that oh this this is here. And it's people are doing it, and I love that because it it connect, suddenly connected me to a world of people that I assumed must be out there somewhere, but that I could never find because and that social media and everything has done done the same. It's it's completely revolutionised the way I I have had uh, played my or, or consumed my hobby um, in the sense that before now you couldn't do what we're doing right now we couldn't talk over the internet from gloucester to to lincoln about this or from <laughs> australia to, to to lincoln or or wherever and you know it, it's it's amazing and I, I love that it connects us all together and and makes us all just cherish this hobby we've got and and i and i kind of wanted to make my podcast for the the same reason that i i love the fact that the the gbhl podcast was um sort of transporting me away to other places to enjoy the hobby when i couldn't potentially do it and um, but sadly you know as as with their lives you know james and uh, jamie don't really play the game anymore they've got families or james has a family and the palantir is the same and um, so so i was like oh i bet there's other people like me who love consuming that content that you know are missing it essentially mm-hmm. and um, i sort of wanted to try and step into that gap yeah that makes sense i mean the I've listened to many different podcasts and many different game systems over the last well since I've been back gaming again um, and it was something I always there was always a big hole especially in the audio only sense it felt like it was a, mm. a bit of a hole not too many people doing um, audio podcasts for, for Lord of the Rings my, my other podcast started as a, a Horse Heresy podcast and there's probably more Horse Heresy podcasts than there are players of Horse Heresy at times it seems <laughs> um, Dan will attest to this there's quite a few going around um, and it, it just felt like there was a the fair the community is probably very similar sized um but there's probably a good 15 20 podcasts out there at any one sort of given time so when you compare that with i don't know there's definitely three or four of us i don't know how many how regular so i'm talking about audio only here there was one yeah for audio only i think as far as i know we're the only three i think three active i think at the moment yeah one kind of started a while back maybe a year ago called just middle earth or just just middling or something yeah 
Yeah, and I, and I, I quite enjoyed the first few episodes yeah, of that, but too. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know whether the the guys who run it just didn't enjoy it or didn't get. A, you know, maybe you know. Sometimes you get excited about a game and then you move quickly on, and maybe that, that was the case for them. But yeah. either way, I did enjoy the the podcasts they did, and um, uh, yeah, I would have quite liked to have more. And then you stepped into the breach and and did a similar sort of thing to what they were kind of saying they were going to do. Yeah. Um, but you seem to be sticking at it, which is which is great. Oh, we're I not going that. anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Excellent. I'm, I'm really too obsessed to at the moment with it. Enjoying it a lot as well. Really enjoying it. Um, so I think we talked about the YouTube channels and things a little bit there. So um, I think um, it brings us a bit, of a bit of a segue. So I discovered you first, probably on your YouTube channel, when I first started to think about getting into the game, when I started watching youtube games and things trying to learn the rules and mm. um your videos popped up quite a lot in searches and there's definitely a bigger youtube community out there for for middle earth than there is um audio only like we were just talking about so um t- talk to me a bit a little about battle games in middle earth first and so you you started yeah. the youtube channel long before you did the podcast didn't you well, yes, that is true. Um, I, I don't exact. I can't remember exactly when it started, but I know the first thing was I painted a Minas Tirith warrior um, four years ago. I've just uh, quickly searched and looked, um, and then the next video was two years ago. So I, I, I kind of, I think originally what I did was I, I decided I really wanted to get back in the hobby, um, and I think it was probably around the time I'd watched a GBHL video or something like that. And thought, oh yeah, I can do this, and I can. And I sort of decided I'm going to chart my journey uh, of of hobby discovery. Um, and actually, I wrote a part. It was mostly through a blog, and then I did a painting tutorial and the video of how I did it. Um, so, and and I, I gave up on doing the blog because it just felt like too much hard work, if I'm completely honest. But um, the 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 video, um, I I think after a while, I got a, quite a few, you know, a few thousand views on it, and I was like, oh, this is. It's quite cool. Uh, people are clearly enjoying this, um, and it was slightly different to a lot of the painting things that are out on uh, Middle Earth. That I always found that I'm watching people do painting tutorials, and they're like an hour and a half long. And I thought, well, why are they so long? So I just literally uh, did a time lapse type thing, sped it up by ten times, and then you know you can see the process and something kind of satisfying, I think. And watching someone paint uh, at ten times as fast as as they actually do in real life. And then, you know, just a little bit of a voiceover on the top saying, this is that color, this is this. And then I started introducing puns and things like that. So <laughs> that's where my uh, channel originally was. So for, God, for how long was that? That was for four years ago, I did the first video. Then two years ago, I did another smattering of three or four videos. And then a year ago, I really, really started um, properly, really. I, I've got quite a lot of painting tutorials. When I, when I was in, into it properly into the system, and then when the new um, when the new box set came out, I did a load of tutorials about the um, about the miniatures in it. Or I say tutorials; they're not really tutorials because they're just me painting. Um, I don't possess any kind of certainly not on the scale of you guys that uh, your skills are way way better than mine. But it's sort of battlefield standard stuff, um, they're, and they're okay; they look alright. And but. You know, there's just lots of videos of me painting. So just to give people an idea who are just starting the system, this is how you can do it. And then I did some um, how to plays, and they did all right. People seemed to enjoy those. So I thought, you know what, I, I can I can do some other stuff, and I just enjoy it. I, I do it. I don't. There's no kind of strict um, release schedule or anything like that, or um, and I go in fits and starts. Um, but I just enjoy making these videos and having a bit of fun. You know, if I ha- there's a couple of people who I know who. Occasionally, when I do play them, they're fine with me recording a, a, a battle report, which 
are a bit in the old style of game uh, GBHL, where it's just uh, point of view camera uh, shooting uh, the game, which is which is rough and muddy, but it, it can be quite fun to watch if you if if you enjoy it. Um, not on the scale of Zorp, Zorp, for example, who has just got some insane battle reports and and uh, what top table gaming are doing these days with um, with their battle reports are just super duper. Um, but but yeah, I just I just enjoyed it and and I I kind of just do it when I fancy it. It's still it's part of my hobby, I guess. Now is occasionally going. Oh, I really want to do this as a, a, a painting video or whatever. So yeah I just enjoy it and and i'm I'm kind of still amazed that people watch them i, I don't <laughs> I don't really understand why because i you know it literally is just painting I don't know about you two but what what was it was it was it one of the how to play the game tutorials that got you into it or was it the painting or what what made you which video did you encounter first i suppose I was searching how to play the game so it was those were the mm. first few I watched and then I watched a couple you did a battle you had a you did a couple of battle reports one i'm trying to remember them a long time ago now one was with a friend maybe at a local store and you had a mummock or something and then you played somebody in another game i remember what they were early games so having yeah, watched your yeah. kind of tutorials of how to play i was watching them because i just following trying to follow the phases really and trying to trying to learn the game yes to yeah I, that that makes a lot of sense to me that the, the how to play and that's that's if i look at the, the numbers of people who viewed stuff on the channel that makes sense as well so and and you know those ones i can sort of understand but even so how to play the lord of the rings warhammer 55 minutes long like that i i still don't get it um and i but then again i watched loads of stuff that's an hour long so what who am I to talk? Or five hours long in the case of some of the Zorpa Zorps new live streams and things like that. It seems insane, really, that you know you could be watching, uh, you know, an Oscar-winning film that's three hours long and <laughs> and has cost hundreds of millions of pounds, but yet people are spending an hour watching someone play toy soldiers. But hey, you know that's what that's what the hobby is, and we love it, don't we? So oh, I think it's really, I think get. it's really useful. And we were, I mean, I I hate reading rules. I find it. I'm, mm. I'm a. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a painter kind of person so reading i find just reading rules for the sake of learning rules really really dry once i'm playing an army and i'm writing a list i'm happy to go and read the rules for those units those those profiles because they they have a there's a context for it but the the kind of people who pick the new army book up and read it cover to cover wanting to know what each and every profile does i just for me i don't find that as interesting i need a new context for it so watching tutorials like you did first helps me then when i go and read the rules because i'm able to it, I, i've got yeah kind of it, context, it just helps the way i learn really um, i'd rather learn by someone showing me um and it's not always not always easy and not always possible um so yeah yours were the videos that popped up at the time there's been a few more since then um and the top table um did a couple of really really good detailed ones as well but they weren't around when i when i first started playing the game mm. your, your videos were and i found they were really good and your presentation and the way you talk um which we'll probably touch on a little bit was really really easy and that's important as well because you're confident and, and you present yourself well so that that was really important when you're trying to learn something um so that yeah was good. I, I i think i think um it, it's I think it's probably the passion I'm just kind of excited about doing these things. I mean, I enjoy it. And, you know, I, I have a background in radio. I, I'm, it's my job. I do radio stuff. So I kind of have a bit of experience in it as well. So I guess that's maybe why I, I did it more than, you know, the average Joe sort of uh, people who play Toy Soldiers probably would hate the idea of, um, you know, doing videos and, and audio about it. But that's I you know I, I trained as a journalist I did, did video at university and I'm now doing radio as a job so so it's kind of feels like a thing that I already do and enjoy and it's 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 great to be able to do that in a way I kind of thought well 
I knew there was very little content. There was a period of time when the Green Dragon hadn't done anything for a while. The the GBHL uh, videos hadn't come out for a while. And I thought, I'm actually able to do a lot of these things. Um, maybe not, as, I won't be as good as them and I won't be as well known as them. But I thought, at least I can try and fill that gap and keep the, you know, keep the interest in the hobby alive to an extent. And, and I hope I've done that to an extent. And it's nice to hear people saying that they discovered the game uh, or, or learn about you know the game because of my videos or, or my podcast. So that's it's kind of lovely to hear, really. No, it's good, and, and don't knock your painting either. So the, the <laughs> people people will paint at different levels, and, and the most yeah. important thing is getting painted models on the table. And don't underestimate the amount of people who will come to say Lord of the Rings gaming or Star Wars Legion or something that maybe have never even considered miniature gaming before. So mm. they. That they they're drawn in because they love those books or those films etc etc and they really do need just basic kind of well what how, what is what paint do you use how do you put it on a model it's that kind of that kind of level so you know that's what doesn't matter what you do you will find a market for it someone will find that 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 useful um even i i don't do painting videos for, for my business and i always think and i look at some of the the really really good sort of high-end competition winning painters out there and i always think about look at the stuff they're doing but I probably could do stuff that would be interesting to people. So we all put ourselves down. So you don't definitely mm. do that. You know. No, no, that's 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 a fair point. And and just just uh, and as I said earlier, I think I think what people do. I mean, like you say, the, the the tutorial stuff is the more popular things on my channel. But what people do enjoy is seeing something from start to finish. You uh-huh. get a sense of satisfaction having watched. You know, it might some of them are you know five ten minutes long, but you get a sense of satisfaction seeing it can start a black undercoated model and it ends up looking pretty good and i think there's something about that that it's quite quick so therefore it feels like it's doable yeah, yeah for a beginner totally. in particular so totally yeah. totally so we sort of touched on a little bit on the um your radio work for uh, some but you obviously do your, your own radio for uh for um for gaming so you're probably more known now for entmoot i imagine than, than from your youtube channel but you, you obviously you have all your download figures and stuff i'm not sure but um talk to us about i don't Entmoot. even know what they are if I'm honest. <laughs> I, I haven't bothered looking uh, i know that, um, people talk to me about it so that that to me means that they know they know me from the podcast more mm-hmm. probably, but maybe that's just because I'm going to tournaments, tournaments and people who are yeah. interested in tournaments are maybe more interested in the tournament podcast. I don't know, but um, Entmoot uh, it started because um, as I just mentioned, because I thought I want to fill the gap that the Green Dragon had left behind for a temporary period. So, so the Green Dragon, I think at the time that the Green Dragon, uh, the the new edition came out, the Green Dragon podcast was had done like the army book review or the Lord of the Rings uh, rule book review. I can't remember which way around it was, but then they did, did very little. And I thought, oh, this is, this is, this is frustrating. Cause I, I, this is a time when I'm consuming so much more content than I'd ever done before. And, and the audio format that I, cause I drive a lot for work that, that I like to listen to stuff. And, and, and I work in radio, so I'm naturally interested in how people present themselves via audio format. So I was like, oh, where, where's, where's the Lord of the Rings stuff? Come on, guys. Um, and then, so I just thought, well, I'm going to give it a go. But I didn't want to do the thing that a lot of people were, were doing at the time, that a lot of sort of people were doing live streams and um, discussions about lists and things like that uh, on, on YouTube or Twitch um, or, or any of those things. You know, the Palantir on the GBHL, that was vaguely still going, I think, at the time. And and there are there were still um, maybe fewer now but there are still loads of loads of places to hear 
two or three people to sitting around talking about the list at the most recent tournaments and all that sort of stuff. And I kind of wanted to do something a bit different. And I also wanted the quality to be good um, in terms of sound. Um, and I know, obviously, we're talking down the uh, the internet. So uh, and these things are, are, are pretty solid usually. But but I, I, I always miss the kind of the sense of this game isn't actually to me about, you know, sitting at home talking about it. It's going out and playing a game. And I kind of wanted to reflect that in the podcast. So I came up with this idea of doing um, essentially journey journey blogs of, uh, of tournaments and and recording the journey and doing doing it as a sort of generic radio show that's built together around around going to a tournament. So that's where the Riddles in the Dark segment came from. I wanted to have something that wasn't just um, it wasn't just the the games and the, the list and all that sort of stuff to break it up a bit to to also to make you listen to the next episode. That was the original idea. So that you can go. <laughs> oh well, uh, I wonder what that voice was. Uh, there's a little mystery there, but and um, and that's where it came from. So I went to the first tournament in uh, Bista in. Uh, last year and and hoped that people would be willing to talk to me and they always always are and I find that still quite surprising there's only a couple of people who've missed out um because either there's been very little time between rounds or um they're Jay and Rob who uh, are from the middle earth team and uh, they're not allowed to talk to me because of reasons and um that's kind of it, and I, I, I'm always love the fact that people are so willing to talk to talk to, about the game because it enhances my tournament. I hope it enhances their theirs because you don't rush off and you know cry about um, the dice that you've rolled and all that sort of stuff. You you analyze it a bit more, and I hope it hope it comes across because I was I've always been still and I'm still conscious of the fact that we're talking about a game that you have absolutely no idea what is going on, and I hope it somehow still conveys the excitement of it the the fun of the game and also a, maybe a few learning points but i'm still self-conscious about that i still wonder whether it's actually possible to you know talk about a game in 10 minutes and explain fully what is actually going on i don't know whether you you find it easy to follow at all but um, i assume people enjoy, listen enjoy it so you know i do i do i find it um yeah i find it obviously like you mentioned you can't see so you only get a a bit of a kind of a, a picture in your mind but your mind makes up stuff anyway doesn't it it's very good at filling in the blanks mm. so it's probably nothing like what actually happened but but it doesn't matter because it works um you get a a good picture from you you describe things very well um so even if you've got an opponent that maybe isn't as comfortable talking you, you you're able to sort of guide them through it and as someone who he was in my early 40s now with a young family. I, I don't get to go to eight, ten tournaments a year. I'm really lucky if I get away sort of three or four times. So it's it's what I'd love to do. So it's a way of kind of delving into the uh, the scene that I'm not able to kind of do, really. So I, I like listening for that reason. Cause I, as much as I don't play that competitively at all, um, I've always found competitive scenes in, in game systems interesting as well. So I do like to kind of listen to your the way you describe what's going on. So you obviously talk about your own experiences, which is interesting. Um, and it would be, um, you know, you, you're, you're not top table. And I think that's nice. It's nice to, as a listener, that you're not always smashing it at the top. You've got a, got a very authentic very experience. <laughs> it, it gives the kind of yeah, authentic I... experience that I might well experience if I was there. And um, But you do speak to the 
the winners as well so you get to hear from from sort of different sides of the, the event so it's like a good roundup really it's like watching if you're into football it's maybe like watching match of the day at the end of the week you get that kind of because yeah, you go to so many of them you're given a real good snapshot of what's going on and I except like it. you're always supporting like boston united <laughs> instead of uh you know man united but uh, it, it's it, I, and i i've i've kind of wondered it's frustrating me because there's a lot of people i now know through the system like you, you will champions and you jay clairs and ed balls and people like that who have appeared on the podcast or not jay but um people who've appeared on the podcast before who are winners and i kind of think it, i wish i could play them more because <laughs> i want to get to the i want to have podcasts where i'm talking to these guys more because they're the ones who newbies are gonna um uh, learn from more um in the in a podcast so but I, i'm just not good enough and i hate the, i also hate the idea of taking the same army list to every podcast yeah and um, so i've kind of consciously gone I'm going to try and do a new army, and I all, I haven't had I've had an extensive collection for a, a long time of grey models, so it's given me a reason to do that. Um, but yeah, the thing you said about ten tournaments a year. I, last year I did go to quite a lot of tournaments, probably more than ten, I think, in the end. But um, I, I doubt that will happen uh, every year. But equally, um, I like the idea of of meeting new people and doing it and it's kind of a little a little excuse to say well you know i, I can I can do my podcast as well so it's all it's all quite nice so <laughs> uh, yeah I, I love it and and the tournaments uh, tournaments i go to and i also wanted to show to people that um tournaments aren't this big scary thing that that you know i, I certainly went i went when i was back in my back in the day i um i won a, a school league tournament of 40k with my school um and we were doing we, you know it was all very competitive stuff and my teacher was really into it and he he gave us the list and he told us how to play them and all this sort of stuff which was all quite it was quite fun at the time because we were beating people but i didn't really enjoy the sense of um of winning at tournaments but and that's kind of what i thought tournaments would be like mm-hmm. um and when i started middle earth tournaments i realized actually they're not like that. Most people are just, or certainly a large number of people, are enough to make it fun. Are just there to enjoy it, to show off their painting, to roll some dice, have a laugh, have a couple of beers in the evening, and just enjoy a weekend. So, I kind of wanted to show, prove that 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 was the case. It's not actually, um, it's not as it's certainly not as competitive as I thought it might be. So, yeah. I think I prefer your slightly more everyman approach, particularly the fact that you're middling table, which is to be fair, where most people. It is a bell curve, really, isn't it? And the majority of people are going to sit somewhere in that middle section. You've got, you know, some people are just plain unlucky. Um, Sam might be able to attest to that. He has <laughs> shocking roles sometimes. And then there are some people that, you know, the, the likes of, you know, Carly from Green Dragon, you know, the people who play at the very highest levels, fair cop. I mean, that's not a level I don't ever foresee myself playing at. Um, but the fact that you come in, somewhere in the middle where you have a sort of, you know, sometimes the dice aren't in your favour, you don't necessarily have the most optimised list, you've gone for something that you really enjoy, you just, you know, you go down, you have some banter, it's an opportunity to socialise, meet new people, etc. And I think that's a good thing because as much as I absolutely love the Green Dragon, they operate at a very precise level of gamesmanship, yeah. at a very high level. And sometimes I found, you know, as much as I really enjoyed the uh, content and it was good to learn and... I found some of it a little impenetrable to begin with, whereas I found your podcast much more accessible and much more relatable. Um, as a newbie, I think as I've picked up some more, more of Green Dragon makes sense to me, which is cool. Um, because I'm not a YouTube watcher. I mean, Stu watched a lot of stuff on YouTube, and I know he, he's talked about uh, the Palantir and you know podcasts on YouTube. That's, uh, 
it, it doesn't work for me. It just doesn't seem to slot into my brain. Podcasts are for listening, for walking and running and listening when you're doing other things. And then YouTube's what you watch when you've got nothing else to do. If you know what I mean? I can't do both. That yeah. I can't and watch YouTube. I can't do it. It's why I think, I, to be fair, the best, the best, the the YouTube videos that I watch most are the ones like the Palantir, where actually I'm just painting and I'm not really paying attention to what they're saying. Some of the ones that I've, I've watched recently, the, the Zorpazorp ones in particular, are very good, and I, I I don't necessarily mind sitting down and watching that for an hour. But even so, as I said earlier, you know, I'm realistically I, I'd much prefer to watch a. Um, a, you know, a, a blockbuster film. I'd prefer to watch the latest Marvel film or whatever than than sit and watch uh, people play toy soldiers. But somehow having them on in the background when I'm painting, I don't because I'm not really paying attention. But you, you kind of absorb it; it puts you in the headspace for playing mm-hmm. games. So if someone's play, rolling uh, dice and you know talking about Warhammer or whatever, then it kind of gets you in the headspace. So I don't mind YouTube in that sense. Yeah, it, 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 people work differently, I suppose, on that one because I've I've tried that, not for necessarily Lord of the Rings. I come from a heresy background. Mm. Anyone who's into that would know the 30k channel. I, I had to eventually just stop because I was spending on a subscription and I was never watching anything. People would say, oh, you know, did you watch that game? What do you think of this? It was on in the background. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, a colossal waste of money when you think about it. I mean, fair enough, a lot of the ones, you know, Zorp, Zorp, it, what they've done is phenomenal. Or you're on a journey on the train, or whatever. Their quality is fantastic, but it's usually... I don't have. I don't often like you sit down and just watch YouTube. I'll watch yeah. something on a, you know, pay for all these streaming services. I've got an extensive collection of uh, Blu-rays and stuff that I bought. I mean, I'm quite into my stuff like that. So I'm going to do that instead, or I'm just painting. To be fair, I don't really watch or game or anything. I'm, I'm, I spend most of my time at the moment. If I'm not at work or asleep, I spend it painting. So I, I suppose, Stu, it's probably different for you because uh, you paint for a living. So you're probably wanting to maybe help yourself get in the headspace is that is that right? yeah i mean I, I need i used to be a bit like dan actually i didn't used to i used to only listen to audio while working um and i've only recent very recently started to watch youtube while i'm working as well and that's mainly lord of the rings based it's because i want to keep in touch with it really especially uh things like top table because they produce so much content that i wouldn't have the time to watch it when i actually have mm. time to just sit and watch them i'm either not going to absorb it or i can kind of keep an eye on it while i'm um while i'm working but I, yeah i do tend to go through all my audio stuff first and it's not all war gaming and i listen to all kinds of stuff i love cricket so i listen to a lot of cricket podcasts mm. and i listen to some politics ones and we won't go into that but i think lots of general interest as well but i if it just depends what mood i'm in but i do often quite often put um a lot on when i'm painting now and i half watch you know so um especially yeah, things like I'd... the streams that um um tabletop have been doing so the live games have been doing you can kind of because they're describing the game and talking about it you can kind of dip in and out a bit anyway um and i quite enjoy that i'll use cricket as an example test cricket if you're watching test cricket all day and it's on for eight hours you don't really watch every ball so you because you've got stuff to do but you can have it on and you can kind of dip in and out of it and i i treat the longer videos like that but when mm-hmm. if i want to sit and watch a well-produced type video um some of zorpa zorps might be an hour or something like that so i might go right i'm going to sit down and there's nothing on telly i want to watch the wife's gone to bed we're watching a series together at the moment i can't watch the next episode she's gone to bed so you know what I'll, i'm going to go to my uh, youtube on my uh, smart tv and i'm going to flick it on there in glorious hd and it's good it's good to sit and watch for a bit then so i, I do a bit of both but also you, you touched on something interesting there that, that there's quite a lot of content there on youtube now that that there's so many different channels doing so many different types of, of content as well so there's actually quite a lot of choice um you know 
the the GBHL heydays of being the only channel out there on YouTube that's any good at doing any um, content is completely gone. There's there's so much so much great material. There's mm. the, you know there's the Zorpa Zorp stuff is which is a certain type of thing. There's the top table gaming which is a certain type of thing. But then there's some other of the great little little video producers that that are doing really cool stuff. There's a, a, a Devin Marino who from I think he's a DCHL podcast uh, is something on YouTube. He does occasionally he does these great like half an hour tactics videos mm. about um, how to buy and um, play a certain faction of the army, and they're brilliant and. Then there's the um, what the fail charge gaming guys. Yeah, I love watching there's, them. They're great. Yeah, those guys are hilarious, and those do those kind of do the the sort of gaming that I like more. That they're kind of having a bit of fun. You know, they're, they're taking the piss out of each other. That sort of stuff is great. So yeah. there is so much stuff, and it's it's actually really nice. And there's there's you guys as well. You know, like you you don't don't exclude yourself from this. You know, you're a, a, a content producer that does something completely different to any of the other podcasts. That's for sure. Um, and uh, most of the other content is summarizing and having a chat and in a light-hearted way friendly friendly and welcoming um about the the hobby and maybe a topic and there's a bit of a touch on um the gaming side of it but i also love the fact that you guys talk about painting and um your hobby uh, progress and stuff like that which you know um top table gaming for example never uh, don't really touch on in their live things yeah they do a bit of uh, modeling now and then but um yeah, yeah. That's, that's completely different. I love that. I love it all. It's just probably, we've probably stolen this format from things I've done before, and it's very common in some of the other game systems where you get that. Yeah, kind of... exactly. And and it's weird that it hasn't existed um, really before now. So it's great. It's great that you filled the gap. It helps when we don't know a lot about the certain certain elements of the game. So um, that will change. <laughs> but we 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 will we've got a lot of different topic ideas. But we will definitely switch and swap to all different things. What have I been watching recently as well? Oh, um, Gardens of Wiltshire have just started doing videos again, haven't they? So oh yes, uh, just done a, done a couple. Did and they were really good yeah. really really yeah, good sort of in depth I, I haven't had a chance religion, to watch any of them yet i don't even know what they're what they're going to be but um there's just like i said so much time that so many uh sorry so many things that I, I don't have a chance to watch at all at all but i do love the, the the fact that there's so much there to choose from now but yeah i'll have to try it try some of this stuff right then so that kind of um we've that's bring us to the end of our chat about your 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 own sort of personal media <laughs> empire <laughs> yes the empire, <laughs> the empire. Of, uh, empire yeah so um a, a few episodes i've mentioned it on a couple of shows now asking if anyone would want from the gbhl would be interested in coming on and and talking about what the gbhl is in terms of its its league rather than its podcast channel or its or its facebook group because it's a bit of confusing. we've got a quite a few new listen to listeners that, that listen to us we've dragged from other game systems and some of them weren't even in might not even be in that facebook group and, and aren't aware of the league and how it works um so rather than me explain from my limited knowledge um i thought we'd ask someone on um but it wasn't you know i wanted someone to volunteer i wanted someone to really sort of come on and do it and then it just sort of happens that that we were going to ask you on the show anyway but you've kind of got a bit of a new role now haven't you you've got a role within the gbhl to come on and and, and maybe do some of that explaining that i've been asking for so um so what's your what's your role and um and um, well, what do you do <laughs> so so basically the the uh the, i've got the marketing officer which makes it sound very um very sort of official and all that sort of stuff but essentially it's just to promote the league to let people know what um what it is and was uh, i was like right okay um i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have to do this because this is literally what i've just been tasked with um so I mean, like you say, you touched on the the, the different facets of the the GBHL. So there's the GBHL podcast, which is the Great British League podcast, which is a YouTube channel that has all the videos. That's separate from the GBHL Great British Hobbit League 
Facebook page. And that Facebook page has become not just about the league. It's kind of, you know, sharing Lord of the Rings, um, Hobbit and um, Middle Earth content. And whether it's sometimes not just toy soldiers, but, um, you know, everything else in between. Um, But it's all built largely on the idea of of people going and meeting each other and playing playing toy soldiers as part of a league. Um, And essentially, uh, I mean, it it sounds like it's all kind of serious. And some people do obviously take it very seriously um, because they're, you know, the, the top echelon, the top table gamers, and that's fine. But um, it's kind of a, was originally started as a way of getting people around the country to um, join up with each other because it was started at a time when there weren't very many people playing the uh, playing the game anymore. Um, and in fact, I actually talked to uh, plug for my own podcast again. Uh, I talked to um, uh, Dan Entwistle and Jamie Giblin in previous episodes about the kind of why these two events, uh, why these two facets of the GBHL started. But essentially, it's just. A list of uh, it's a, a group that um, gathers people together to play a league, and there's like a points system. So um, essentially, there are two kinds of tournaments in the league. There's a 80 point tournament and a 100 point tournament. 80 point tournaments are sort of considered less competitive. The winner of those gets 80 points, and then if there's 20 people in the tournament, it sort of escalates down by one or two points. So if you're second place, you might get 75 or whatever it is, um, and then you. you and then 100 points, you get 100 points if you win it, so you get 20 more. Um, so they're more prestigious and more competitive. Um, and then you uh, people battle it out and duke it out to try and become the uh, the league winner. So um, I think Jay, Claire and Ed Ball are the, historically the uh, people who've won it almost every year um, since 2014, 13, something like that. Um, <laughs> and then Will Champion won it last year. Um so it, this is that's basically what the GBHL is. It's a league. It's an excuse to um, get people together, and sort of it's a vague structure for for the linking together all these tournaments. So um, some people are, are super are super passionate about going to them all and getting the most points they possibly can, and that's kind of how it works. And how is it scored at the top? Then is it, does it take your best number of results, sort of X amount of results, so you, you don't penalise people who can maybe only do five events, where someone can do ten? Or how does that work? That, that yeah, that's exactly right. I think it's the top four um, scores of the of the year. So if you, for example, have been to four one hundred pointers and won them all, then you've got a good chance of being the winner. And then it takes some other things into account, um, like your VP difference and all that sort of stuff. If um, if if it's drawing, but yeah, top four events. So um, excuse me, I, I think there's about I don't actually know how many events are in the calendar now, but it's usually one at least every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I think there's um, somewhere in the country, whether that's Scotland, Northern Ireland, England, or Wales, um, there will be um, there will be some sort of tournament happening at least once a week, and that's that's the GBHL. And the the idea really is just to to encourage folk to to get involved in you know a little bit of friendly rivalry, a little bit of fun, but ultimately just to facilitate this hobby and and you know give a, and and also promote people's events. Um, if, for example, you've got uh, an event in somewhere that that people might not really want to uh, usually go to, like Lincoln, that nobody goes to Lincoln, um, that if you say, all right, okay, I'm going to be part of the league, you chip in a little bit of money, which then eventually goes to the end prize of the league, um, then they will advertise it, they'll promote it, and they will be able to um, encourage people to go along to it because some people really want to get 80 points or 100 points for the league. So... Um, yeah, that's that's kind of 
the main gist of it. And you uh, you have to apply, don't you, the year before or something like that? I seen, I sort of remember seeing a post sort of tail end of last year sort of inviting people to apply if they wanted to run a GBHL sort of sanctioned yeah. event. And there are sometimes gaps in the the, sh- the calendar as well. So And, and the best way to find this... this uh, calendar it's if you go on the gbhl pod uh, sorry uh, facebook page um the group um then you just go to announcements and there's always a post that's been pinned to the top that says outriders bring news and then it's got a pictures and then a long screed of content talking about the most recent tournaments um and then there's the standings so where people are in the league and then also the calendar for um which events are so currently uh, Mr. David Clubley is at the top of the league uh, in gold, and Alistair King um, and Dewey, Dewey Evans are in silver and bronze. So um, you can find out, and there's quite a lot of interesting stuff if you like data and tables and all these sorts of things, which uh, I, I have a passing interest in occasionally. And <laughs> um, the you can find out like people who've got lifetime awards. So the person who's got the most podiums in the GBHL over the time over the period of time is is Edward Ball and Jay Clare is in second. So, you know, it, it, it's quite it's quite interesting if you, you're you interested in that kind of thing of, of you know, getting, um, I don't know, just, just data and tournaments and lists and all these sorts of things. So it, it can be can be good fun for that. Yeah, it's always interesting. To look. I, I did four events last year and I think two of them would have been um, GBHL ones. So the first one I ever did was the mail run in, in, in Cheltenham the other two next two weren't but then Throne of Skulls would have been as well and I can't remember where I finished in the end but the Throne of Skulls one dragged me up a lot <laughs> dragged me up quite, quite a lot because I was right down the bottom somewhere but it doesn't bother me at all but it's quite interesting to see sort of see where you are um, yeah and what, what's actually great is that some people don't know that they're on this table mm-hmm. and there'll be there'll be definitely lots of people uh, you know going to say like you say uh, to Throne of Skulls or whatever last year and and don't realise that they they got a, they got some points and they're listed on it because some, there's a guy called Charles Sims who does incredible amounts of work on this this table, doing all the maths and, and making sure that people have uh, player numbers so it all makes sense uh, or you've got the same person who's getting not not on twice and all this sort of stuff. And um, there's Alistair King who's in charge of the league, um, who's the chairman or whatever it is of of the league who coordinates the tournaments and make sure that these all these things all run so there's like this little hive of people who are working and um, on behind the scenes to do all these little bits and bobs to make the league work and it's actually really really quite impressive that, that all this exists and especially considering the, the the facebook page is huge now and and the the number of people going to tournaments number of tournaments is getting bigger and bigger it's 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 just great it, I, I love the fact that it exists and um, there's a reason to to join up. There's a reason to go to two events because you can go. Oh, look! I've got you know I've got a score. I'm now seven hundredth, not a thousandth, or whatever it is in the league. And um, which you know might not mean very much to to some people like myself and and maybe you guys who are sort of more interested in painting and the gaming stuff. But you know you can be see quite tangibly that that people get hooked. There's a guy called George who. Um, I've talked to a couple of times on the podcast who last year, um, I think he ended up winning the best newcomer, but he didn't realize for a long time that he was on there twice because his Facebook name's different to his, um, <laughs> uh, his name. So he's on there twice. And then suddenly once they combined the two, he had a chance of becoming best newcomer and he was hooked. Like it had got his claws into him and he was straight on and, and, and he ended up winning it. Um, so I don't know. It, it just, it's just a fun way of linking these things together and, and I guess a league is not a new thing, is it? But it's just a great way of ranking and 
doing all that sort of stuff for a game that we all love. There's some other rewards as well, isn't there? Um, so one of the locals, he's now local, he wasn't local last year, but um, Scott Whitefoot, didn't he win Artisan or something, I think? Isn't Correct, the most, yeah, yeah. The so, most best so painted keep, or something like that? Yeah, so it keeps track of, of things like best newcomers, um, best painted, um, a friend of Middle Earth uh, gets an award as well. And so people who vote most, most sporting it more than uh, other people, which was my uh, good friend Harry Moore last year. Um, he just picked me to the post. We both drew in the number of um, but most because he's a better player and, and was considered. Uh, and uh, the rules say that if you're a better player and you're higher ranked, then that must mean you've <laughs> proven yourself as more friendly because you're playing against the tough players. Um, so by winning more, so he was he's great. So there's that it keeps track of that. And then there's um, there's the su- the southern, the central, and the northern league. So if you are in the south or in Scotland or something, and you don't fancy travelling across the country to compete, then at least there's there's sort of some way of proving uh, proving you're you're the best in the north or something like that. So so yeah, there's loads of little little bits and bobs and and there's lots to enjoy enjoy if you just uh, delve into these, uh, these 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 pages these outrider posts and you can find. I'm usually I'm, I'm writing them now. Usually they're sort of um, going to have like little um, bits of either pictures or, or of something of the most recent tournaments that have been involved. And um, and some maybe some lists of, of the winning tournaments, uh, winning uh, uh, armies, and and who are pictures of the best painted. And so there's, there's hopefully there's a little bit of for everyone in in those little posts. So I'd definitely check out the uh, the announcements section on the Great British Hobbit League group. And um, if you're part of that group, if you're not part of that group, absolutely join it because it's like a hub of people who are in, in love with this hobby. Yeah, there's, there's the two big groups, really, isn't there? There's the Middle Earth Miniatures Rock group, which is about the same. Mm. They got about the same numbers as the GBHL one. I have noticed even some of the people that that have started playing and listened to us, people we know from before, have, have been scrolling through and noticed they're not not in in both groups. So it's all send them a little prompt to do it. But yeah, I would the the Rock one. Um, the 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 reason the Great British Hobby League is bigger and um. I, th- I think it's slightly different. There's there's a sort of core of admin folk that are sort of from from the back in the day when when the game was much smaller, and they're um, they're a bit more kind of militant in some ways. So they're a bit more strict on content. They don't like people talking about like third party miniatures and stuff like that. And and it, it's I, I think it's much more. It's it's not as like hardline as 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 it might have once been or whatever. But um, it's mainly because the uh, people who write the game are actually all in the group. So um, it's enough. quite nice that, um, you know, there's people like Rob, who's in the middle, manager of the Middle Earth team. There's um, Adam Troke, who's now a Warhammer community guru, um, but used to run the Middle Earth team. There's Jay Clare, and there's quite a few other people who are involved in the hobby um, are sort of sneaking in there, looking at everything you do. So it's actually quite nice to think that, you know, they're, they're tucked away in the biggest group. So I, I would recommend that that group over the other others. But, yeah, there's still great content on all of them. Yeah, the two big ones. You can just get two different flavors, really, don't you? It's yeah, like absolutely. The BBC yeah. and Channel Four, or something. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, so, uh, just talk about the event calendar. So, on those um, posts you put up, there's usually links to all of the like the, the league tables and the event calendar on there as well. Usually, isn't it? So, if someone's new, they're looking, they want to find whether there's a, they want to go to a GBHL event rather than just a, a normal event. They actually want to go to a rankings event. Um, they can find all the events for the year on the calendar. Yeah, that's it. And the the, the tricky thing, I, th- I think most people, I, I know uh, people have contacted me about this before because of the Enmic podcast is being all about 
tournaments. They they find it very difficult to find where tournaments are, when they happen, and um, because if if someone just posts a, a link in a group saying, "Look, I've got this event in uh, you know in Gloucester in a couple of weeks, um, you know, come check it out," or in a couple of months or whatever, you might see it and you might think, "Oh, that might be quite good," but you might just forget about it or, or yeah. whatever. But this calendar is is there, and it is only for events that are in the uh, counting in the league. So um, it, yours, your tournament, for example, yeah, yeah, is exactly. in here. Um, but it, it does have a pretty comprehensive list of stuff where uh, where stuff will be um, and when it will be well in advance. So, for example, my tournament um, in October uh, is still is down as being the tenth of eleventh of October, which is true. And and that, although I haven't announced it as as being, you know, the, the event pack isn't quite finished yet, though very close. Um, it's it's there, so hopefully people could think, oh, I really fancy going to Lincoln, really fancy going to <laughs> Harry's tournament, really want to hear about it, because I heard about it on the MBOOC podcast, it was brilliant last year, so I really want to go to that, but um, there's no, not been any Facebook posts, but you can have a look in the calendar at things and go, oh, look, there's one in Basingstoke the week after Harry's tournament, so I live close to Basingstoke, so screw it, I'm not going to Harry's tournament, I'll go to that one. So, you know, that, that sort of thing, and at least you can then bookmark things, because most people realistically don't have every weekend off, you need to get passes from girlfriends and wives and and family and all this sort of stuff and and just plan these things in advance don't you so um yeah definitely it's nice I, to have I, a little bit of a calendar i need to know as early as possible because my wife works a lot of saturdays so it can be a real it can be a real bind to kind of it's like throwing of skulls is my main aim this year and mm. I've, I've got a pass but until we know the exact date so whether it's gonna be the last weekend in november or first of december or whether they do it at a completely different time i can never be 100 percent sure until those dates drop and then i turn around and say can i go and if the later in the year that is the harder it it becomes um things get filled so the calendar is really good definitely really 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 good um yeah i definitely recommend it and then once the the actual event's been sort of um fully announced on facebook then there's links usually to to those things so you can yeah i can look now and see that that there's a there's one in Walsall near um, near Birmingham, which I'm going to at the end of March, and there's this one in Scotland and um, the end of March as well. And there's after that, there's Brexit on Sea, and there's Nottingham, and there's Cork in Ireland for the ETC, uh, which is the um, slightly uh, well, it's, I can't really explain the ETC. That's the European Team Championships where the best of the crop from each country duking out, which is really cool. But that's very much an invitation. Also, mm-hmm. I'm not allowed in that because I'm <laughs> I'm definitely not the best of the crop in the country. <laughs> should go and report that'd be good I should, sure. well i i would love to but it's an island so um i'm i, I can't manage to get away that weekend no it's fair enough but, I, fair but enough. we'll see we'll see what happens later in the year but yeah so that's that's the gbhl and it's kind of my role to now do things like this and explain what the gbhl is and hopefully encourage people to get involved because i i mean just for my tournaments you can tell that, that people enjoy these things and also, you probably notice the same voices coming up every so often. Um, maybe not always, hopefully not always the same people in every podcast, but at least there's a cycle. If you listen a lot, often you'll listen, hear some people going up and again. And, and that's because people become friends by mm-hmm. doing, by playing this. And you share a hobby. Also, you share an interest in, you know, I think it takes a certain type of person to, you know, go out and into the big wide world and go, right, I'm going to go on my own to these tournaments and make friends with people and i think a lot of the people there are like that they're kind of you know adventurous and exciting and interesting and have different all from different walks of life and it's some of the people you meet are incredible once you've played games with people and sort of had a couple of beers or whatever at the end of the day you realize that the guy that you've been talking to ah, it turns out he's a policeman or it turns out they're you know all these sorts of things that they're into 
there's one one particular person that I'm, I'm pretty confident he's some sort of spy thing. Uh, it's, it's, but I, I won't name him, but he, he, he's very secretive about what he does for work, and I'm, I swear he works for MI5 or something like that. But anyway, you know, uh, all these sorts of things. Um, you, you, you have some really interesting conversations with people, so um, I would highly, highly recommend it. We're we're not far from GTHQ here, so you get really, no, we get very see, used to people just saying what do you do, <laughs> and they say civil servant around here. That you know that's the end of the conversation, and, right? But no matter what role they do in there, either they're just not allowed to talk about it. So they could be I don't know they could be a cleaner in there. I'm, I'm not too sure, but but yeah, you just it's living in sort of Cheltenham Gloucester, you get very used to just kind of yeah, you just don't question people, and because of the kind of people that, that would obviously work in places like that, there's a lot of them are war gamers. Um, mm. He sort of fits into that sort of thing. So there's probably someone just working in a, in a role like that. <laughs> They're just not allowed to tell you. Yeah, um, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. <laughs> but I like to still think that it's like secretly James Bond. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. And t- I, I mean, I want I could have said a lot of that sort of stuff, but I didn't want to make any mistakes and get it wrong. And I really wanted someone who's more Well, I hope I haven't made it. any mistakes anyway. <laughs> your, your, I'm your, only very new your, to your, it. Your superiors are listening in and uh, they will maybe they'll give you some yeah they'll, they'll be listening but i've only just been doing it for a couple of weeks but but yeah surface level that that's pretty much it i mean if you wanted uh, some super super in-depth um stuff about spreadsheets then you can get charles sims on but um i think charles is probably more comfortable with spreadsheets than he is with um with uh, talk explaining it all in great detail so absolutely i think you'd have been able to answer the questions as just as a, as a general tournament goer but it made the fact that you were uh, recently picked up this role has made it even more perfect really so thanks for coming on and, and explaining that i mean to, 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 to just to say to some more listeners obviously there's lots of events out there not it's probably only half the events maybe even less are actually kind of official gbhl ones um and they generally make a big thing about um advertising it or say it in the title won't it gbhl 80 or gbhl 100 so if you've seen that if you're new to the game and you've seen that in in an event on facebook that's popped up that's what it is it just means it it counts towards the league um like the where is mine uh, that's coming up doesn't nor the one the one that i'm going to be running in in october won't either so that's the only difference between them really um i think there are some that still count as to the regional leagues but maybe not to the main as well i'm sure i've seen at least last year i'm sure i I, saw the odd one pop up that counts to the southern but doesn't count to this or that i'm not sure about oh i don't don't, well i think there are there are some leagues uh in operating in regions so mm-hmm. i know there's an east anglia and there's also a southern hobbit league of some sort and yeah. I, they, they count towards their own league but not to the main yeah. league but there is also a southern contingent of the so there's lots of different leagues but yeah. um i think largely some people in local areas have their own little leagues that do to just to keep things bubbling over in their own their own patch but the yeah the the big the big stuff, it, it, yeah, it's not essential, of course. There's absolutely no reason to, to go, well, actually, I'm not going to your tournaments, Stu, because, you know, you're not in the GBHL. But um, it, it's, they're all excuses to play toy soldiers with people, and I would highly encourage it. Like, like I'm going to um, Desolation of Stockport, which is um, one of the, the uh, was one of the biggest events last year. It's not in the league anymore. It's about half as many people this year so far. But yeah. it shows the power there. You know, about 120 people or so came last year. Um, and 50 or so people are registered to go this year, which sounds like a, a, a massive drop in the number, but that's because he's not, it's not part of the league anymore. Well, I'd, I'd imagine it's partly because of that at the very least. So, so there, there's, yeah. there's, you know, there's definitely pulling power for this. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, again, anyone who's thinking about going to events and you're not worried about the competitive side, it doesn't actually make too much difference. So I did four events, two were league, two weren't, and there wasn't a massive amount of difference in, in, in terms of the, 
the level I was playing at, the the, the people I was playing and the way the games felt. Um, it, you know, so I'd, even if you're not interested in competitive gaming, don't be put off a league game as much as don't only go to league games or only look for league games if you if you are because you'll get a decent you'll get a similar tournament experience no matter what yeah yeah that's definitely worth saying because I, I i go to lots of the gbhl tournaments and I, i'm certainly not competitive <laughs> i think the major difference is maybe those guys that are at the top that really want to compete that top 10 20 30 they're going mm. to focus in on 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 a league game over a league event, sorry, uh, rather than an event of the, running the same weekend that that's not because they'll they'll know that those points. But other than aside from that, I don't think it makes a massive difference yeah. to the wider number of us. Um, yeah, for example, if you're interested in meeting Jay Clare, the writer of the GBHL tournament, <laughs> absolutely there, especially the hundred point one. <laughs> don't go and badger the poor man about his no, uh, FAQs and things. He's enjoying his hobby. I would never do it. I'd feel abs- I'd feel really bad. I'd feel really bad. Yeah, I, I, I sort of have slipped it into conversation a couple of things, but only because I, I've sort of I know him a bit now. I played yeah. him a couple of times. Yeah, but even then, um, yeah, you, you feel a bit weird doing it. <laughs> I think Rob's Rob's coming to my doubles event. So um, oh, is he cool? Um, so, but again, I'm not going to be badgering him about rules, questions, and things. It will be um, hopefully no one else does. <laughs> I'll have to herd them away if they are feel some level of responsibility for him because they obviously love the game themselves and just want to go away for a weekend and, and play the game they enjoy. Um, so talk about Make middle VIP section. <laughs> Yes. Oh, Sorry, still... you can't come in. Well, there's a, there's a room upstairs in Incom Gaming that that would not that could... room, <laughs> not that room. Uh, that's probably left for not not to be covered on this podcast. Um, Absolutely. Not. <laughs> as I say, it's a room that the the, the pub is a it's in a pub. This gaming shop. Um, so it's a night as a pub. It's a it's a venue really, a music venue. But it closes for race week in in Cheltenham. So um, race week, it's it's big money, and it closes and opens up one of his rooms upstairs to another business that runs out of it, um, where people mm. might pay to see um, to see non twenty eight inch uh, twenty eight millimeter models. Um, let's just we'll we'll say that. So that room. So um, yeah, so it's a good way of um, the business owner making some extra cash. All legal, by the way. This isn't you know this is proper licensed stuff. It sounds like it's not, it's not, it's not a brothel. Not, not a brothel. Um, I love that you're tying yourself in. Not <laughs> but we we have a nickname for the room. Um, anyway, so before we go down a rabbit hole, um, there's one final thing we want to talk about really before we let you go is that um, oh, yeah. you and well you and Dan actually you and Dan are talking about getting because Dan's a bit closer to the you than than I am. He's over in, in Peterborough. So you two talk about getting your clubs together to do some kind of game. And so if I hand you over, hand over to Dan now, and he can let me sort of uh, question you a little bit about it, tell us a little bit about what you guys might be thinking of doing. Well, yeah, uh, obviously I've badgered on a bit about the Legion of Peter in previous episodes. So I think the first thing we should do is give Harry adequate opportunity to talk about the imps. So uh, take it away, Harry. Oh yeah, okay. So so um, imps is uh, it's a imps gaming club in uh, well it's a shop uh, imps gaming in Lincoln. Um, it's like five minutes away from my house and they're an absolute bunch of stars. And um, if you've listened to my um, podcast, you'll maybe have, have heard the Slogo League stuff. I kind of uh, sh- uh, sort of forced people to play the game uh, by, by starting a Slogo League in, in Lincoln and starting at 200 points, building up to 1,000. So I've got like a little cohort of people who now uh, are playing the game and who are hooked. So um, it's been really lovely and um, just... Just getting uh, building your uh, sort of sowing the seed, as it were, to 
to build your own community and in my own area. So um, Imps Gaming has has become like my little my little home away from uh, home, or well, it's kind of my base. For although I go around the world for uh, around the world around the country for tournaments, um, it's like my little little home club where I have practice games and 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 play with a lot of people who are, are still kind of relative beginners because they're only really playing one or two games um, with each other and with with myself. Um, but it's great. It's great. I love uh, I love Imps Gaming and the guys who run it are absolute stars. I had my tournament there last year. They're they're just amazing uh, arranging everything. So so yeah, Imps Gaming, uh, Lincoln. If you're ever in this part of the world, it's kind of an industrial estate. So it's got like a huge huge gaming hall. They do disc- GW online products only for discount, um, which is great. Uh, I think it's ten percent off. So you can get your Lord of the Rings um, blister packs for ten percent off, which is pretty good. Um, and yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, shout out to them, Imps Gaming. Yeah, it is. It's good to have your own sort of way you grow. I've obviously been listening to uh, you, Carson. and I was listening today actually to your latest one, where it's your sort of part two of your slow grow. Ah, yeah. And, uh, it's actually really interesting because you did almost a, a real time uh, description of the, the top table game for the. Yeah. Of the I hope that... it, so don't drop anything. Oh, oh okay. Sure I, I you... won't. I won't. But I hope you're. I hope you were enjoying it. Yeah, it's very different. Um, it's quite funny, obviously. Um, it's, it's brilliant, actually, if you're listening to Isolation, because you can hear that sort of that banter that you get amongst gamers when you've got sort of a gaming hall that's getting busy. And I always like picking out little bits, and you can tell when someone's having a bad day, let's put it that way. Yeah, you can uh, hear people going, ah, in the yeah. background. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun, and I, I, it's echoed a lot of what's going on in my local because we're all very fresh. I mean, if you think you guys are still beginners, we, we're, we're practically toddlers. <laughs> we're, we're still sort of getting to grips with it. Um, we're playing a bit, and obviously we've been doing some more games again recently in preparation for Flotsam because we're going down. Uh, I think there's at least sort of six of us, I think, from my local area going to play, and then a few guys from Northampton. Obviously, they're only really around the corner. They're, they're sort of making their way over as well. So it's, it's going to be lots of fun. So it's, it's quite good to sort of grow it and um i've been listening to obviously your slow grow and there's something we're looking at starting to do here we did have some rather um uh, say uh enthusiastic aims of uh doing something similar you know painting you know 250 points a month and then we reality hit and we, we couldn't all afford to do that so it's paired back a little bit but we're all building forces and it's, it's very enjoyable and it's it's a good aside to other games that we play as well it's a lot more it's a lot more friendly, it's a lot more cheerful, it's a lot more uh, accessible, I think, as a gaming system than some of the other things we play. So, uh, yeah, it's really good. And obviously, we've spoken before about doing something sort of cross-club gaming. Yeah, crossing the streams. Yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, I, I think you mentioned in the last uh, last podcast about uh, the, the ashes, almost, yeah. um, to use the cricketing term. I love this idea of, you know, I was getting a, a little minibus or a car full of... Uh, full of gamers and coming down to to give you guys a good rollicking and then for next year to you to come back to come up to Lincoln or vice versa or whatever and to you to to smash us back having having learned the game or 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 us to go down there and you know think we're going to lord it over you and uh, it turn out that you're actually way better and you're really uh, you're really good even though you claim to be toddlers. Yeah, I think that'll be an immense amount of fun. And um, obviously, we're going to pick this up a little bit further after we've uh, been to Flotsam and Jetsam, because I think my mob are very focused on that, at least at this point. But um, mm. And also, we, uh, as we've discussed so off, offline, uh, we need to build up our sort of fantasy 
terrain so we've got uh, better stuff for that because you know the third player is instagram everyone likes the instagram phase <laughs> we need to make sure everything looks nice and pretty um, absolutely <laughs> so um yeah i think it's going to be really good fun and we will get that organized um uh, alex who runs the legion of peterborough he's a uh, sort of chief hobbit he um he we, we're in talks about that and, um it's looking far more promising now the the lady who's in charge of the calendar is actually returning his emails so <laughs> it's um yeah it's, it's definitely on the cards for later on and uh once we've got uh flotsam and jetsam under our belt i think it's that's the next thing so i'm looking forward to that but if, yeah, if it's uh, a, jumping in if it's a date that i can make i will um definitely the the the, the peterborough end because that's slightly less driving for me um i can i can come up and i've got 10 i'll have 10 tables worth that personal stuff by then ready for that i built up for this event so that's always an option (laughs) always an option um so yeah we'll bear that in mind but um yeah i would bring i would bring my terrain but i'll probably have a car full of uh of nerds instead so (laughs) yeah absolutely um i mean we're we're doing okay um but we'd, we'd like to to be fair just for us as well to improve it but uh to be fair, it's any excuse to get Stu over as well. It'd be nice if uh, we can host him as well. Take him out and get him possibly drunk the night before or something. <laughs> yeah. so I'm look- I'll be looking and, for and events because I've uh, so far I've done nothing this year and it's looking a bit sparse. All the the local I've missed a couple of local events and then the Guardians guys have put one on, but it's a two dayer and I could have made it if it was a one dayer. So everything local seems to be popping up and I'm just missing it. So uh, you are I'm running like, to. I know, but yeah, but I'm not playing at them, and I want, I want, oh, I want to, I want to play some games. <laughs> I want to play some games. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But, but yeah, anyway, I'm interrupting. Well, I, I was just going to say that I'll, um, I'll absolutely do a podcast about it as a little mini one as well, so that we can get some games and 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 play that as well. So it'll be it'll be great fun to to do this and to and to add a little little element of of friendly rivalry to to these local clubs. And it's something I would I would generally encourage. I love. I love the idea. This is this is why I like the league so much, and the the whole thing is just this kind of friendly rivalry inspires camaraderie across the across the country, and it makes. I think it, it joins people up. You know, I've met met people from Scotland and Ireland and and Wales and stuff that that I would never have met because of this league. So I, I would highly highly encourage anyone to get involved in these sorts of friendly rivalry because we have, despite all living across the country and across the world, we all have this hobby in common which is it's really lovely really and and you can you can unite people across languages and across everything and you know Ardicon's a good example of that where you've got like 200 and something people coming from around the world you know people flying from australia new zealand this year in america to to play this game and it's i think it, it, it's just wonderful really and i love the idea that, that we can all be joined together by this something like that i, I do think it's incredibly impressive uh, particularly Ardicon, given that um Lord of the Rings was somewhere in the wilderness. I think that's be fair to say for quite a while that it seems to have a far more um, international appeal in some respects. And the fact that it's in Britain is amazing. Obviously, you've got the the big American uh, bits and pieces that go on Adepticon, etc., that people go to for you know forty k, etc. But the fact that Articon, you know, is here, I think, is fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. It, it, it really is. And um, if you've seen pictures of Articon's hall, it just looks incredible and you know uh, kudos to james clark for for arranging all of that because it can't be easy um doing all that and you know i'm sure sure he's it's it's a hell of a lot of work behind the scenes but but either way it's it's an incredible achievement to get a hundred and something people from across the uh, 
getting on planes and traveling to play toy soldiers in Manchester of all places. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And I would highly recommend it if you can get a ticket to go along because it, it, it's I'm I'm going for two of the three days and and it's going to be great. I'm looking, looking forward. I to think it. I'm going to pop along maybe for one day. I would like to go and see. Um, it's it's too much to do the whole weekender because money wise, etc. For me this mm. year to do everything, but um, I'm really interested to see what's going on. Um, well, I mean, I I can't do the Saturday because I'm going to a family wedding. So maybe you can. <laughs> <laughs> Worth talking, but maybe we could play for the Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Good shout. Oh dear, I will. I will go one year, but it's very difficult. I want. I really want to do the whole thing. I've done. I've done the kind of three day con thing for a war machine event in a hotel over here, and it was an amazing experience. So, um, I'd love to do it, but right now with two kids, it's just, uh, yeah, getting that wife wife pass would either be impossible or the payback would be painful for far too long afterwards for, for leaving her alone with the kids. So that might be happening something I have to live vicariously through uh, people like yourself for a while and some of the YouTube channels and things. But yeah, definitely like to. But it'd be good if we can, if I can join in with you guys meeting up. Even if not, I will enjoy listening to um, hearing about what you, how it all went as well. That'd be cool. Um, Absolutely. Cool. Right then. Well, I think we've um, we've well, we've taken up well over an hour of your your time recording, and including the chat beforehand, Harry. So thank you very much for uh, for spending the time to come on the show. And uh, we had you noted down on our list of of people we wanted to get on the show anyway, and it was perfect when the uh, when everything aligned that you could come on and, and and do double talk about your your own stuff, and then also talk about the GBHL for us in official capacity, which is fantastic. So thank well, you. Well, well, thank you for having me on, and apologies for taking. If you were going to do one with me and one with PHL, <laughs> no, not. We've got, no. <laughs> we've got, um, we've got a lot of ideas on there, and um, uh, yeah, we. we they, the problem is something new will keep coming along, and there'll be releases and things that take up. So it's good to have, like, good to have a good list of things, but actually squeezing them into one show made it even better, I think. So uh, before you, before we let you go, do you want to just give you all your your stuff a shout out? I'm sure most people listening to this will have been listening to you longer than they've been listening to us. But we, we as I said before, we do have a few people that we've dragged over from from other systems that that are maybe not as uh, sort of aware of all the other um, content providers out there. So if you want to give both of your your things a bit of a shout out, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, Entmoot Podcast is the thing to search for if you're interested in audio Battle Games in Middle Earth on YouTube the video channel um, and um, I uh, the, also do Instagram as well but I mean I'm not as bothered by that I only do it occasionally but Battle Games in Middle Earth on Instagram as well and what else is there oh yeah and occasionally I'll be doing these live streams on the Facebook live page on Great, Great British Hobbit League uh, did one um, previously as a kind of guinea pig testing thing. So uh, it basically having a bit of a chat ahead of a tournament, usually going to be tournaments I'm not going to go to. So if podcasts, um, if, if I can't get a podcast out of something, I'm going to try and do something ahead of it to just promote the event and to talk about an element of it. So hopefully, if all goes well, um, you might have already seen the second one by the time this podcast come out comes out, which uh, you'll be able to search for on the Facebook page. And it's going to be talking to two guys who have previously painted the um, best painted army at the Warhammer World GT or the Throne of Schools. So I'm going to have a chat with them about how you prep for a big tournament. So uh, search for that. Just search my name um, in the Great British Hobbit League and you'll be able to find some content there so yeah and um, enjoy enjoy all the content and keep consuming it and playing toy soldiers and uh, and coming along to tournaments because it's it's making me have a great time as well fantastic fantastic thank you very much so we're we're just going to go to a break now and we will speak to you on the other side 
And we're back again. So thank you very much for uh, staying with us for another episode. I hope you enjoyed the uh, the interview with, with Harry. We really enjoyed the conversation we have had with him. And Harry, again, thank you very much for coming on and spending some, spending your time to talk to us. Um, so just the usual kind of closeout for the show. Um, thank yous and goodbyes, etc., etc. So, uh, Sam, have you got anything you'd like to say before we head off today? Uh, my, mine was just I had a couple of ni- very nice messages from people uh, just making sure I was okay uh, with the fact that I'm not on every episode um, and I just I, uh, without going too much into how my work and st- stuff works out I tend to work a lot of early shifts and uh, sometimes I work very late or I'm staying away and stuff like that and uh, I'm going through some exams and training at the moment that's nigh on killing me so uh, <laughs> i I just wanted to apologise that I, I can't necessarily be here for every episode and a big thank you to the people who did message me to just check that I was okay. Um, I, I am still here. I do I do love doing the podcast. I just unfortunately cannot provide as much of my time as I would absolutely love to do. But a big thank you to the uh, one or two people who dropped me a message and uh, it was very much appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, that was really nice of people to. Yeah, well, I think we 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 joke about it a little bit and, and sort of say Sam's not here today, or Sam's busy, or Sam's in bed, or something or other. But it's um it's just the the joys of trying to make three people's sort of lives pull together so we can all get some recording time together. Um, I'm available pretty much every evening, really. Um, uh, I, well, I, or I can be available two or three times a week in the evenings, um, but generally can't do any daytimes because I'm either working or there's kids around and things, and, and, and you guys don't have kids at the moment, so um, the, you might be available on weekend daytimes sometimes or you're busy, so it's just hard to get everyone everyone together. Um, yeah, obviously, we want Sam on every single show, but the reason he's not, if we did, we'd probably have less shows, so we kind of made the semi-difficult decision, really, that we kind of, there will be some shows that we do without Sam or Sam there for half of it. Um, otherwise, yeah. we'd have probably only done four shows by now because Sam's probably available once a month, maybe. Whereas um, Dan and I can probably could probably do one a week. <laughs> so, I was going to say, um, you guys are very, very, very available. Yeah, definitely. So, that, and, that, and that's the only reason why. Um, there's no other no other reason for it. It's just a matter of getting us all together. So, in, in order to give people, you know, probably fortnightly content, it's, it wasn't a goal, but it seems to be the, the trend we're into at the moment. Um, just means that sometimes that Sam will miss the odd one or two. Um, what about yourself, Dan? What have you? What would you like to say before we uh, head off into our respective uh, homes? Uh, yeah, just the usual sort of um, thanks for Legion of Peterborough. Uh, obviously, take a look, everyone. Um, as mentioned, uh, with the talking to Harry, uh, he might be coming over to us. We would welcome anyone to come and join us. Um, by all means, follow us on uh, Facebook. Um, also, yeah, once again, thank you to Harry for giving us your time. Uh, and uh, generally, just have thanks everyone for listening and uh, all the kind comments and all of the social media activity that uh, is gradually building, uh, particularly. Uh, Andrew and um, Dan who post quite a lot of content into the group it's uh, very much appreciated and it's nice to see people engaging with us yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah it's growing nicely um you see more and more people uh, liking the page and joining the group and things which is really nice to see and yeah please come along and uh, check out our Facebook page and, and give it a like or a follow if you uh, you don't want to keep things quite so public um it was the best way to stay in touch with us in many ways because we will post that we use that as our kind of um, announcement place on on facebook um we have a group as well which i do tend to share most of the announcements over into and that is a private group 
um, and it's, it's growing slowly and you can come along and you can share any of your your middle earth and related stuff in there so if you're a youtuber or something or other i know i was um or been watching recently i've been watching um the guardians of wiltshire they started doing their um doing videos again um um Dewey's, um done a couple of reviews of legendary legions and they're really really good so i think i shared one in there the other day i don't know for sure but if you listen to share your stuff in our group as well but anyone wants to share their stuff pimp their stuff their blogs feel free to do it in our group more than happy for you to do it um check us out on instagram as well and twitter you will find us just by searching out of the frying pan um and then if you want to email us directly please do at um out of the o-o-t-f-p podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions any ideas for shows anything any, any engagement at all really just get in touch um but other than that thank you for listening um I'm not sure what our next show plan will be. Um, we might get one more out, hopefully, before um, Flotsam and Jetsam. Um, I'm not quite sure what the content will be yet. We've got lots of ideas, but we haven't haven't nailed it down. But we will we will definitely bring something to you in the next couple of weeks. So take care, and we'll catch you soon. Run!